Coronavirus is the biggest threat this country has faced for decades. We're seeing the devastating impact of this invisible killer. There will come a moment when no health service in the world could possibly cope because there won't be enough ventilators, enough intensive care beds, enough doctors and nurses. That is the moment of real danger. The new variant is out of control and we need to bring it under control. And this news about the new variant has been a uh, an incredibly difficult end to, frankly, an awful year. And it's important for everybody to act, essentially act like they might have the virus. And that's the way that we can control it together. The way ahead is hard. And it is still true that many lives will sadly be lost. Our advisory group on new and emerging Respiratory virus threats, nerve tag, has spent the last few days analyzing this new variant. It may be up to 70% more transmissible than the old variant, the original version of the disease. You, you might be infectious, and that's the way that we have to behave at this moment. Assume you might be infectious, assume you might be infectious, and that's the way that we have to behave at this moment. Today, the United Kingdom's chief medical officers have advised that the country should move to alert level five, meaning that uh, if action is not taken, NHS capacity may be overwhelmed within 21 days. And it's going to spread further, and I, I must level with you, level with the, the British public, um, more families, uh, many more families, are going to lose loved ones before their time. Your colleague on stage, John Edmonds, has just sent me a statement saying that as far as he's concerned, this is the worst moment of the epidemic because of the extraordinary inf infectivity of this new strain. Yeah, I, I agree with that. I mean, this is a horrible moment, for sure. To say, as I'm really sorry to hear about your two relatives who died from this virus. I mean, it is a very dangerous virus uh, for many people. We're looking to move to a different regime, so as we come to the fourth step, we will change the basic tools that we have used to control human behaviour.
reading that law line. I will be arrested for not taking a fucking vaccine. This is not a fucking joke anymore. This is fucking dead serious. I am fucking dead serious. These people don't know who the fuck they're actually playing with. They are, in a coup they might come and fucking intimidate me and whatnot. But fuck, they do not understand what the fuck just one person like myself is capable of. They do not fucking understand. No fucking vaccine or MRA will ever flow through my fucking blood blood. Never! I will fucking die fucking fighting for my forefathers and my fucking lineage. Fuck these motherfuckers. folks let's get it on let's get it on it's friday you know what that means gotta uh, stop up for a tax evading blick cyber phoenix it's his day today and uh, the doc uh, is more more than prepared to uh, go go on the offensive for the uh, the black rack scallion that he is um what are we going to be doing today so i want to you know trying to keep up to date with ukraine Obviously, those. Ah, I was watching a good stream with again. I forget. I forget the name of uh, Iranian or Syrian dude had Colonel McGregor on. I actually thought that was a really good stream, well worth watching. If people want to um, want to watch something uh, probably a bit more uh, focused and relevant than this one. And uh, I'm going to try and get to uh, prions. Obviously, prions for everybody and parkinson's and variant cjd um are they are they similar or different and this is a this is coming from a well you could argue that it's a uh collection of uh articles that have been submitted as a, a sort of condensed piece of work and we're gonna gonna take a look at one of them but there are many many interesting articles in that and of course i'll direct people to where they want to go and look but uh i think i will 
Oh God, that's uh, that's irritating. This put that screen up. Uh, the Richard Medhurst, no, um, going area of neuroscience now, and you know the uh, how should we say piercing piercing the veil, looking into other dimensions. Um, perhaps we don't need rocket ships. We need um, we need psychedelics and uh, the the shamanic shamanic molecules and came on acid early <laughs> no i don't think I, I, I honestly you know going going off um past experience better to let the brain mature out a little bit than um i, I don't know you know when's when's a when's an adult an adult it's a good question, and you know we know the brain is developing a lot still in its twenties. But um, maybe you need that innocence of uh, childhood to just uh, let the uh, let the <laughs> the psychedelic versus the psychotomimetic state take a hold. Um, let's see, wise words. I'm thirty-three, started at twenty-three. Well, yeah, yeah. Um, look, man, thirteen-year-olds uh, doing acid that ain't a good thing. I'm pretty sure on that. Get some acid. What can go wrong? Well, you know, there's plenty that can go wrong even without acid, right? Just look at the state we're in. And uh, terrified of doing psychedelics. I mean, a gangster. Good to see you. Um, yeah, be very wary of them. Uh, they are uh, powerful, powerful tools, and um, in the wrong hands, can cause a lot of damage. And um, yeah that that would that would just be my advice and you know there's uh there's some that are more approachable than others and you know just, uh, if you're going to dip your toe in um yeah. few few shrooms maybe just to just to bring you up a level i don't know if bring it up a level but you know, it's again you know this is a very very interesting area of neuroscience and you know the i think it was unstable mutation i was i was thinking of making a stream about it but i just can't <laughs> i can't be asked to put on my neuroscientist hat that much for the for the consciousness debate and um it was a oh, i forget who Kopf and who the other individual was but they they figured that they would have consciousness figured out they'd made a famous bet 25 years ago and um no we're we're very very far away from being able to do that um look we can we can see all the machinery whirring and clicking away um are we able to transplant one consciousness and and beam it onto another recipient's uh, hardware not yet uh, very very far from that we're, we're literally uh, apes banging rocks together at that point uh let's see sorry for hijacking ah no i mean it's friday i've got uh, i've got to talk and gas away got to try and raise shekels for that tax evading bleak <laughs> so I'm I'm happy for the uh, interjections. Uh, let's see. Danger Mouse says once and never again. <laughs> look, look, man. Um, first time I took it, I was like, "Dang!" You know, I I get the, I get the gnostic arguments, right? That there's this that there's this fucking secret world that they've hidden from you, 
and you can get to it right there are there are tricks and uh tools that you can use to get to that uh that special place but the problem is is how much do you base reality on you know there's there's consensus reality shared reality and then there's the the psychedelic state and you know there's i've I've got to be uh a thank you unstable mutation that's I'll, I'll just bring that uh, up but it's a, it's a very famous uh bet that was made and i'm just trying to remember the other uh, cock and uh charmers and the uh you know, the question is, should we be going in and um, breaking apart or, or trying to, you know, the Western approach is, you know, reduction orientated and see if we can break consciousness down into reductive parts and bootstrap it back up. And, you know, the problem is, is that every time is the, oh, we'll find some some cure will fix some affliction and what, what do we see is that it, it gets weaponized in some form or fashion and that's primarily what we deal with on this channel if you're new here um the the weaponization of this modern uh, biology but um there we go decades long bet and consciousness ends and it's philosopher one neuroscientist uh zero um and you know the the problem is, is that, again, you have this subjective component to consciousness that um, it's not amenable to our, um, to our tools yet. And again, I'm, I, I think we should be uh, very, very careful right now about uh, what it is that we, um, we put our efforts into. And I'm not saying we shouldn't. Uh, study these things um but you know maybe the study of consciousness requires a uh, psychedelic school maybe for those that feel that that's the direction they want to take but then i just look look around and look at the carnage that uh, sort of lacks drug enforcement policy um allows for it's a very 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 tough question uh yeah salvia is a uh a rough one man but uh if you want to if you want to get a feel for the spiritual dimension of the aztecs <laughs> there's one for you <laughs> um all right so what's this stream about yeah we're gonna look at uh ukraine a little bit there's a couple of posts i wanted to catch up on we talked we talked about the Kramatorsk mercs yesterday there's been some more updates on that so um i'll take a look and yes rfk jr being in a town hall and you know seeing him under fire um is a good thing right not um not uh joe rogan interviews etc and um where he's given a platform so i want i want to take a look at that as he handles the uh, the fawny vaccine question and uh yeah then then we'll get into the prions uh i got sucked into a gravity well on the floor every time i tried salvia funny that you should say that but um 
as we switch to the main screen, of course, theme of the week, become unsyopable. But uh, shout out to you. Oh, shit. Shut up, you. Uh, don't, don't milk uh, Yasser too much. Um, the, I meant to click this button. Uh, this one from You've Been Nudged, the bonus hole. <laughs> Oh my god, man. We have lost touch with reality when um, we're having to... <laughs> More euphemisms for uh, a lady's part, like we didn't have enough already, and <laughs> we've, got to... we've got to try and gerrymander the trannies into it. Or out of it. <laughs> Tell them... <laughs> Tell them that they didn't get a bonus hole. All that crippling pain that they're suffering from their inversion surgery and the fact that they've got a stick speculum up there and tease it apart every day. That's, uh... That they didn't get the... They, they got second prize in the bonus hole competition. <laughs> because then we have uh, this one as well. You'd have to be... Uh, from the UK to uh, about this, but when I was a kid, the black hole at Alton Towers was uh, that was the ride that you had to go on. And uh, so bravo for uh, you've been nudged for pulling out a gem from the eighties there. And uh, let's see. Uh, let's see. Salvia experiences seem similar. I was pulled into my drywall, became part of the decor. Um, yeah, this, that's one of the arguments that they use for this idea of, um, I guess, panpsychism, that consciousness pervades everything and you can get a feel, a, a subjective feel for what that means through these altered states as your control networks begin to misregulate consensus reality. And so, um, yeah, it's it's a common a common attribute to to intense psychedelics, as you sort of you, you can shatter and <laughs> end up being uh, the mosquito consciousness buzzing around, etc. Um, but uh, yeah, stick to stick to shrooms. Uh, more natural, uh, the better, would be my advice. Um, but you know, even that they can they can fuck with. So, you know, this ain't your grandpappy's weed anymore. No, no, no. <laughs> those, those super strains. <laughs> They're nasty. Um, but, uh, yeah, you know, if you've got questions about psychedelics, I'm uh, from, actually going to say, professional and uh, a keen, being a keen psychonaut as a youngster, um, I've, I can answer most questions uh, somewhat cogently about it. I'm getting... Uh, Warmed up here. All right, all right, all right. So you wandered in here, wondered who I am, and uh, <laughs> Cockney Wankers wearing at the screen. Uh, that's me. I'm a real doctor, real scientist, and uh, I find myself uh, part of uh, the the Renegade. Uh, scientists who have been trying to sound the alarm about what's been happening in the last three years. What has happened in the last three years? Well, I'm I'm of the opinion that they um, they've 
biological warfare, whether intentional or deliberate, I'll lean for deliberate at the moment till we can really get to the bottom of it, has been uh, fired at the world's population. We now find ourselves gearing up for uh, more conflagration in Europe. And I think this was part of uh, a potentially well-coordinated military exercise and military psychological operations have been used against you. Um, I am... I am a neuroscientist. I have my own lab, etc. And uh, yeah, now I'm uh, now I shrattle up on the internet trying to uh, warn people about the uh, the end is nigh. <laughs> those watchmakers, those fuckers, they'll they'll do us all in. Um, so, with that in mind, what I would uh, beg of the viewer, should you. Uh, so which and um, please bookmark mccandojo.com that's where uh, you can support the stream uh, you can patreon if you like but uh, what the dog really loves of course is the wtyl.live tip jar uh, you can go there uh, it's paypal enabled now so you don't even have to um, click the stream fags gaypal link anymore just a one link will take you there and uh, there's the i get a kick out of watching the ah, it's not come up this time what's going on What's going on? Oh, there it is, PayPal. Um, you can't see it, it's behind me. Uh, so I'm not going to mess around with it, but it's there, trust me. Um, Kev, I need to ask you a few questions about gliomas in Broca regions 44 and 45. Is it okay to message you? Uh, yeah, sure. Um, look, man, that's one of the worst places to get. <laughs> not meaning to have a laugh or giggle at you, but um, yeah, it, it doesn't get much worse placement than than that so you know make that what you will um all right uh let's uh let's move on of course um all those shekels that you send me when i'm not uh shoveling them into the uh <laughs> to the bonus holder is uh tax evading blick simon phoenix goes to uh maintaining uh video on demand streaming on demand and uh hopefully if you go to i put the link now i put the direct link uh, but you should be able to go there recently added come on go live What's the matter with you yeah there we go see we're live and um you can uh, how does this work this is just a mind fuck um Take a look. Didn't work. Um, what, what, can you give me the link again, please? This guy who is a social worker. Um, in, uh, what am I supposed to be looking for here? Oh, look! It's, uh... Cardboard PhD! <laughs> Alright, um... Again? Uh, it just brings me to the search page. Um... Doesn't work. Uh, alright, I'll click another link. For. I don't know, you got me all uh what am I, what am I fishing for here? 
I want my baby back, baby back, baby back. <laughs> um, is that is that true? Is that really his uncle's? <laughs> it's missing H at the front. Where? 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 I don't know. I I I put in your link. Look there. Try again, one last time. Look, there it is. Full full link. Okay. It'll just take me to Oh, there we go. Seems to be working now. This is well. You can only hear the word you're reading. Um some sound. Yeah, I see what that is. So um you're you're basically you're taking in way, way more information than is actually leading to your conscious experience. Okay. And so in a, and it's, it's called attending to stimulus. And the, the simple fact is, is that visual stimuli and attending visually is one of the, the it's, it's one of the most rapid circuits uh, in in the nervous system and it's designed to like, like say take in the environment your eyes are scanning all the time and moving even when you think they're still and uh, what's what's happening in this situation is as you attend so it's playing both sounds and as you attend to either reading green needle or brainstorm you're attending and putting your focus onto or, or your attending resource onto that and your brain is making the filtering as it works through those networks. Now, that's a very um, cack-handed way of explaining it, but um, there's, um, it's a, it's a well-known sort of um, psychological phenomenon. So, um, yes, Kev is so distracted right now. <laughs> It's just it's like climbing on the throne of grift every day. It gets tough. It gets tough. But uh, yes, I, um, I I see what's going on. It's a very um, interesting phenomenon. And, and you know how the question, it's a big question, especially when I was sort of graduating. How does how does the brain do that switching? And we think the basal ganglia is sort of evolved to do that process as it sort of receives. Uh, ascending and descending signals and it's helping um, reduce the essentially the dimensions that you're having to pay atten attention to and dopamine is part of the attending circuit if you like and so you know there's there was when when I was sort of training there was an argument about what 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 actually does dopamine do is it um, you know there was a sort of axiom that no dopamine, no pleasure, but no dopamine, no ability to attend to stimuli in the environment. And, um, you know, so you have to, so something as rapidly adaptive as the visual system, you have to sort of keep 
you know, muscle movement requires some degree of dopamine, if you like, because it raises uh, a threshold of firing. And then if you, uh, so the dopaminergic system is, is filling the visual system, if you like, full of, uh, with a basal level of dopamine. And as you're, imagine that you're walking through the jungle, you see, you see something bright red out the corner of your eye. And um, you want to attend to something that's bright red because without, whilst it's in that mixed sensory bag where you're not quite sure where it is. So this is probably a good example. So if you're not paying attention to the words on the screen, it sounds like a jumble. It's just think the old Nintendo games as he's jumping around and uh, you hear the sound of um, jingles going off or, or coins uh, dropping into a bag. You know, that's all associated with reward. Uh, all right, I'm not going to get to the uh, the science today, am I? So uh, I should uh, push, push on. So um, some update on this and uh, Kramatorsk and... There was discussion about, you know, was this uh, was this a war crime or was this a legit military strike by the Russians? And, you know, my, from what I could see initially, it looked like Merkville. And um, apparently this was just them using, I want, I want to say, not, not WhatsApp. What's the, uh, what's the other one? Anyway, some... Some social media um, ta uh, post that they made al allowed them to zero in and take out a bunch of mercs. Um, now, you know, of course they're going to be there, etc. Uh, I don't, I don't uh, condone it in any way. I think everything that we have to do with respect to winding down this conflict uh, should be rapidly deployed as quickly as possible. Uh, let's see. Russians are saying that two Ukrainian generals got cremated in Kramatorsk, including a bunch of NAFOs. Interesting. Well, you know, NAFOs getting taken out. Who cares? <laughs> Fucking warmongering bricks. Uh, let's see. Ukrainian generals killed in Russian strike. Two Ukrainian generals were killed on a Russian high precision strike in the Donbass city of Kramatorsk on Tuesday. Defense Ministry in Moscow said on Thursday, citing updated data, the ministry had earlier claimed that the strike targeted the temporary base of the Ukrainian Armed Forces 56th Motorized Infantry Brigade. Since then, the ministry has added that the base was hosting a staff meeting involving dozens of Ukrainian officers and foreign advisors. On euphemism, I guess. The attack resulted in the death of two generals, up to 50 officers of the Ukrainian armed forces, as well as 20 foreign mercenaries and military advisors, according to Russia's defense ministry's daily briefing. Uh, again, you know, what to make of those numbers? I don't know. But again, in, th in this sort of war type environment, I don't know how much you can trust um, any numbers right now, but um, 
I, I, I think it's a, a fair... It's a fair point to say that I do think Russia has tried to avoid as much as possible collateral damage um, in in the in places that are not directly sort of frontline battles you know of course when they do get going to it everything gets flattened but hopefully by that time people have um, had the good sense to leave battlefield essentially civilians shouldn't be there they'll take you out just as quick as look at you and um you know i have to have to presume that they had intelligence how good that was i don't know uh, i don't think any of us will know but you know, what, what was the comment yesterday we had that it's telling that we're not hearing much about this particular strike and yeah of course they've got a stranglehold on news feeds etc this is why i'm sort of paying attention to it and i don't know how many of your officer corps you can have taken out in these types of strikes or the uh this um i, I mean there's pictures here obviously but uh this from uh sensei armchair warlord or the link he, he linked to this but the 47th is such a joke trained abroad articles and trailers made that's fucking cringe enthusiastically entered the fray in a NATO-styled frontal assault. Some of the most traumatic and embarrassing imagery of this war is produced, and no gain, a video tantrum is posted. You get rotated out. Um... <laughs> ah! Is that, is that who is on combat duty? Fuck me! <laughs> Oh no! I hadn't looked at the pictures, man. <laughs> Look at it with its uh, with its finely decorated uh, gun. <laughs> Those bright stones. I don't know, but what? What a fucking ridiculous thing to do to your weapon, man. <laughs> Just get those drones something to really hone in on. <laughs> what the fuck is this? This got to be some PR stuff. I can't believe that they would put that on the front line. Surely, surely not. <laughs> Sarah Aston Cirillo leading the charge, but that's that's not her, right? So it's look. Can women serve in the military? Of course. Um, do I think they should be frontline soldiers like uh, like aliens? The movie makes out <laughs> with the uh, Vasquez. Who's the really butch lesbo? The big, the big gun. Which one? You mean Mike Cirillo? <laughs> Look, I guess it. I, I guess it doesn't take many pounds of uh, trigger force to fire the weapon. But um, you know, this 
it's just evolutionary biology to contend with. A woke Merc. Uh, I'm guessing so. I'm guessing so. What do we have next here? Oof. I mean, I'd hate to say I'd give it one, but uh, jawline looks a bit square, but... Uh, <laughs> <clears throat> yep, and uh, the bloody snail trails uh, into the backs of uh, Bradley's as they were just getting decimated by mines. Um... <laughs> what are the gems we've got here? Uh, Volodymyr Zelensky met with Chief Master Sergeant of the 47th Separate Mechanized Brigade at Magura. Velomikuras. Marcus, sorry. We discussed changes, the introduction of which in the Ukrainian army would really help to improve the service. Also discussed the reform of the... Yeah, who cares? Then after being rotated from the front line of the first signs of blood, the president brings you over to ask how to fix the army. Same guy recorded the tantrum, telling everyone to shut up. Meanwhile, the few gains are made by non-NATO units. That is true that the uh, Ukrainians have uh, made a bridgehead. Um, again, I would... I just imagine it would be carnage and the... Uh, Deaths and injuries high for but essentially with your back to a river and <laughs> what appears to be uh, very effective uh, artillery systems from the Russians. Uh, let's see, whose name none of us will ever read. I'm presuming he means the non-NATO units uh, who were deliberately left out of NATO training because of quote-unquote Soviet habits. By the time this is done, you can bet Western spooks will be lauding their pet units for having taken less losses than the Soviet legacy formations. Yeah, yeah. Um, how can the same army that has uh, <laughs> poofed us, poofed our Nusra members, Azov, Freikorps Lapas, and NAFO fans all universally fail in every pitch battle they have fought out? Uh, yeah, well, there's the, there's the NAFO Oh, bit thunder. Uh, uh, here's the full eleven. I've seen the eleven-minute version. Tensei. Um, it is. It, it's brutal watching, man. And it, it's it's the reality of wars. You can you can think you're all fucking hard and the dog's bollocks, and then you go step on a. You step on one of those little petal mines, and uh, half your leg gets blown off, and. Um, <laughs> When people realise they're in the minefield, they ain't coming to get you. <laughs> no. <sighs> Words fail me. Words fail me. The unicorn patch is the patch of the unicorn LBG. Did I miss a unicorn patch? I didn't see that. Oh no. <laughs> now I had I, I I did have that clip, Colonel Douglas McGregor. Where did where did I put it? Um He makes a very, very good point. And I think that's where I sort of that's say it. now they can do a lot of other things. Rapidly right. enough and effectively enough. Well, those days are over. So there was never any question. And let's face it, the people we faced in Afghanistan and Iraq had very little.
and uh, they, they were going to be very effective and so forth, and what happened was the exact opposite. The Prussians utterly annihilated them. The point is that the rot that undermines discipline, leadership, uh, capability can go on for years without notice yeah. until you, suddenly you're thrown into the buzzsaw and you have to fight. Then everything that was previously unidentified or concealed comes to the fore. That happened to the British in 1914. It happened to them again in 1940. You, you have to look carefully at these social programs and policies and the standards of discipline. And if they're not high enough and they don't work, uh, you can't brush them aside. You may get by if you're just going to occupy a forward operating base. And These are words of wisdom. People, pay attention, especially any Zoomers that might happen upon this, uh, uh, this discussion. Um, let's see, Unicorn Brigade, I'll, I'll bring it up in a minute. Let and you're fighting an enemy that has almost no capability. And let's face it, the people we faced in Afghanistan and Iraq had very little capability. They might be able true. to get off an occasional mortar or rocket, but most cases they had to depend on remotely detonated mines, what we call IEDs, and they had AK-47s and RPGs. And, you know, frankly, we had everything. We had absolutely devastating artillery, devastating air power. So there was never any question as to who was going to dominate and who was going to win. You had, frankly, something similar in Vietnam. We always had overwhelming firepower that could come in and crush the opponent. He just couldn't put it together rapidly enough and effectively enough. Well, those days are over. And if we are going to fight someone like the Russians uh, or the Chinese or any of these other, other countries, we have to come to terms with the reality that they do not uh, implement woke programs. They're they not do interested not. in that. They're not interested in making people feel good. They're interested in forces that can fight. Soldiers exist to do one thing, to fight and kill the enemy. That's it. Now, they can do a lot of other things, but that's the preeminent purpose of the whole structure. We've lost sight of that. We lost sight of it a long time ago. Yep, mental illness has infiltrated uh, every institution that we have. And, you know, the... Would I want my sons fighting for that type of military? No, I wouldn't. Um, I would do everything to disabuse them of that notion because um, you're engaged in fictive reality. And <laughs> I've got to, I'll bring this up. Let's see. Oh, Ukraine's unicorn LGBTQ soldiers head for war. Jeez. As volunteer fighters Alexander Zuhan and Antonina Romanova pack for return to active duty, they contemplate the unicorn insignia that gives their uniform a rare distinction. A symbol of their status as an LGBTQ couple who are Ukrainian soldiers. Members of Ukraine's LGBTQ community who sign up for the war have taken to sewing the image of the mythical beast into their standard issue epaulets just below the national flag. Practice hearts back to the 2014 conflict when Russia invaded, then annexed the Crimean Peninsula from Ukraine, where lots of people said there are no gay people in the army. Actor, director and drama teacher Zuhan told Reuters as he and Romanova dressed in their apartment for the second three-month combat rotation. 
Today, the lesbian, gay, bisexual, transgender and queer community chose the unicorn because it's like a fantastic, non-existent creature. Zuhan and Romanova, who identifies as a non-binary person with she, her pronouns, have moved to the capital from Crimea after being displaced in 2014, met through their theatre work. <laughs> Um, soldier's job, job, and the institution's job is to go and fuck things up and kill people. Yo, if you're uh, wondering about the Amdram, you ain't gonna get very far. Yeah, you know when you when you when you think about that, and then you see a speech that uh, Putin gives, and he says the West, you know, America, oh, yeah. it's trying to get their military to be woke. He doesn't he uses it in his own words, and he says we're not compromising our values and principles. Here's what we're all about. We're about defending, you know, Russia. We're, we're, and you see the applause it gets from the audience. There's thousands of people out there. By the way. When is the last time we got a mess? Oh, but we have applause too. Uh, <laughs> what the fuck, man? All right, uh, I'm, I'm moving on. We've done Colonel McGregor. So, uh, right. Just, just some epic fails from the bumbling idiots that are uh, commanding. Send in the rainbow commandos. How? Listen to Biden here talking about Putin. It's hard to tell, but he's, he's clearly losing the war in Iraq. He's losing the war at home. And he has uh, become a bit of a fly around the world. Uh, and it's not just NATO, it's not, not just the European Union, it's Japan, it's, it's you know, it's 49. And I'll, I'll just say this, um, I, I think the common man is looking at what's going on and, uh, nah, we ain't having it, sorry. <laughs> he fell right off. Finding's going full dementia these days. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's like he's, he's rapidly declining. And, uh, you know, <laughs> those amyloidogenic pathways kicking in hard. Uh, Jen Stoltenberg uh, doing the same. I think what we have seen in uh, Russia over the last days demonstrates the fragility of the German regime. And of course it is uh, a demonstration of weakness. The when, German regime? When there are... <laughs> Not the German regime. No, sorry, the Russian. <laughs> sorry, sorry. I'm sorry, they are quite uh, stable so, so, at the moment. So, sorry, sorry. Uh, we see the, the weakness of the, of the Russian regime and... and it... uh, they've, all got, they've all got their talking points for the day and... Um, I don't see much weakness. I see lots of uh, high-intensity artillery barrages and, um, you know, I, 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 
to the Russians' credit, they're not flattening all cities in front of them. And I think they are still very much on a leash. And maybe that's Prigozhin's point that they were, they need to prosecute the war far, far quicker. Um, the more it drags on, the longer or the more chance NATO is going to get involved. And when that happens, all, all manner of mechanisms kick in. And as the machine takes over and we we need to avoid that happening i think it was the german defense minister that corrected him <laughs> look man uh the german the german regime uh it is very much a regime uh my medical and scientific colleagues uh in germany have been mortified at the well the, especially the last few years but the jackboot approach to questioning what's going on they weren't allowed to question they were very much under wartime measures and all is becoming clear now all right uh moving on moving on what else did i have um i'll skip that one yes and uh yes robert f uh robert f kennedy jr has a town hall debate now i will speed this up a little bit um but this is this is the first time i've seen him under a sort of hostile audience now you know this could have been a planted question etc from individual and rehearse points get all that but um let's let's see how he surrounding your candidacy is your stance on childhood vaccines nearly every scientific and medical organization including the cdc the fda the ama the american academy of pediatrics all say you're wrong on this issue this leads us to our very first question from our audience it's dr tariq butt who specializes i would ask you one thing on what issue on childhood vaccines what about them and whether they ever cause autism or damage kids they also okay. and it's speaking in this kind of absolutes that um, the narrative controllers love there's nuance in this conversation. Can vaccines help? Yes. Can they cause damage? Yes. Um, we need to find out where those borders really overlap. And the problem is, is that the schedules right now are bananas. Um, I would never or advise very strongly against following all those dictates i didn't do that with my kids i i i would none in the first year of life um and then i spaced everything out the ones that we did take and i stopped my son from he came back from a dpt one and was dribbling drooling and i, I said no more and um you know i was always very um, cautious about it because again I you know working in uh childhood uh diseases uh that sort of domain it was a sort of talked about issue you know was was there some inflammatory process kicked off by some something and you it's very very difficult to rule out um vaccine without doing the placebo controlled studies uh shogun rikusu is uh taken to twitter right now just because of the new emails that have been released i'll see him later hopefully um and i hope we will 
well, well, we'll hopefully do a stream about the latest emails that have been uh, foyered. Let's see. Tensai says the Amish kids have the lowest rate of autism of any group in the US and they don't give the vaccines to kids. Well, yeah, you know, that's a statistical thing. That's correlation. Um, we have to we'd have to do the proper um, experiments to determine it. And the way that you would do that. Most ethical manner would be to use primates, large primate studies. You take a hundred breeding pairs. Maybe 200, 100 in each group. And you, you give them a, an enriched environment where they can engage in cognitive tasks, etc. And then you allow like breeding pairs, I guess. And then you whack the, the infants with the full schedule. And some will get the normal dose. Some will get high dose etc and you see how it filters out and then if you see a behavior even if you don't see a behavioral change it may be difficult to tease out of a monkey you look for signatures in the brain tissue um, if there's uh, if there's damage or not and you know he's he's made cogent points about uh, thimerosal and its ability to sequester in the brain this this much is known, and the be tested. They're not. Uh, there's in the, of the seventy two vaccine doses now mandated, essentially mandated. They're recommended, but they're really mandated for American children. None of them, not one, has ever been subject to a pre licensing placebo controlled trial. Yes, they have. No. Yes, yeah, uh, they have. No, not not the type. And you might see. You might find. A study where they've looked at one vaccine, but you've got to, you've got to do the whole thing, <laughs> and that that ain't been done. I've checked. Uh, let's see. Wonder if U.S. military recruiters are having any difficulties today? Yeah, of course they're having difficulties. Um, I guess uh, AKLM must be further back in the conversation. But okay, let, let me just say something. Dr. Fauci and many other people for many years said this, and yet Bobby Kennedy, when he says that, is wrong. So I met with Dr. Fauci in 2016, you know, and I agreed to go on Trump's Vaccine Safety Commission, and I was with Aaron Siri and uh, Lynn Redwood and uh, a number of other people, and we said to him, can you show us one test from any vaccine, pre-licensing safety test? And he said, uh, I'll send it to you. I can't find one now. He never did. So we sued him. We sued H Aaron Siri and I sued HHS. And after a year of litigation and stonewalling, they said that they could not provide a single safety study for any vaccine that is on the childhood schedule, pre-licensing safety study. So anybody who wants to read that can go to my web, to the Children's Health Defense website, and you can read HHS's admission that not a single one has ever been safety tested pre-licensing. Now, um, what I've said is other medicines are required to do that. And we should have to do that for vaccines. If I'm wrong, Good show point. me the test. Show me the study. You won't be able to, because there are none. That means that we don't know what the long-term risks are, the risk profile of those products. And I'll give you, you and me, you mentioned chickenpox. So when, when CDC was thinking of recommending this chickenpox vaccine as mandating for children, um, the, they did a study. And the scientist they hired to do that study was a scientist called Gary Goldman, a contract scientist. 
Didn't Bill Gates get him kicked out of Trump's admin before COVID? That's interesting. Uh, let's see. Anyrock says, my bro had angiogram ref blocked lotteries, put one stent in and left two, 30%, 40% block. Bro said he has pills for that. Any comment? Um, depends on the age of your brother. Um, I would be... I would be breaking my own rules with respect to giving, dishing out medical advice, especially about something so serious. Um, well, you know, the, what they do say is, uh, you know, gentle exercise um, may help, I guess. Um, 60. Mm. Look, man. He's past breeding age, and uh, he should have uh, he should have by that age been a grandfather uh, by nature's laws and terms. And the um, your body starts failing, and you know there's there's only so much you can do, and only so much recovery you're gonna get. And you know, um, I'm I thought they always put in stents. It depends. It depends on the ease of getting the stent in, um, and what risk factors they think are um, at play, and you know the fact that he's got thirty to forty percent uh, perfusion it probably means that there's enough blood circulating to uh, maintain the. Well, I I don't know. I, I'm not his doctor. I'm not the not the cardiac surgeon who's um, running a very complex procedure where you're having to run. I presume they went in through sort of femoral artery or uh, vein, and and they have to they have to wind their way up uh, to the heart and put those stents in. And the stent isn't always successful. Anyway, uh, moving on. Let me just check if uh, that tax evading blick's going to get any Mackie D's today. <sighs> Not a one. Not a one. Poor, uh, poor Simon Phoenix. Uh, right. It's and he of... did the study in an isolated place in California called Antelope Valley, a long-term study. And what they find is if you give the chickenpox vaccine, mass vaccinate with chickenpox, it stops chickenpox, but it causes shingles epidemics later on, which are 20 times as deadly as chickenpox. So if you go, so we, nevertheless, despite those studies, we mandated for American children in this country. In Europe, they don't. If you go to the British National Health Service website right now, you can read on that where they say, we do not recommend chickenpox vaccines because it causes shingles epidemics later on. And that's the problem. You can't just look at, you know, you can say that this product is going to prevent this particular disease, but you have to look at the long-term impacts you know vaccines like other medicines have injuries that have long-term long diagnostic horizons and, and long incubation periods that if you do not do long-term studies on a placebo controlled studies comparing vaccinated populations on vaccinated populations you won't do it let me just give you one quick other example the most popular vaccine in the world is the dtp vaccine diphtheria tetanus and pertussis we we banned it we got rid of it in this country because it was causing injuries brain injuries severe brain injuries or death to one in every 300 children 
we used it in the 80s, and that's why there was all this litigation against vaccine companies that precipitated the passage of the Vaccine Act that then gave them uh, immunity from liability. But in Europe, they don't use it. In America, they don't use it. But we give it to 161 million African children a year. So Bill Gates asked the Danish government to support that program and said it saved 30 million lives. The Danish government said, show us the data. He wasn't able to. So they went to Africa and did their own studies. And they looked at 30 years of DTP data. And what they found shocked them all. They found the girls who got the DTP were dying at 10 times the rate of unvaccinated girls. And, but they were dying what? of things that nobody had ever associated with the vaccine. They were dying of diphtheria, of, of anemia, malaria, bilharzia, uh, pulmonary disease, respiratory disease, and pneumonia. And nobody noticed for 30 years that it was the vaccinated girls and not the unvaccinated girls who were dying. And what had happened is these girls were not dying of diphtheria, tetanus, and pertussis. The vaccine had protected them against those. But it had also ruined their immune systems. And they were unable to defend themselves against other just minor diseases that were that other kids who had hardy immune systems were able to fend off. You see, and there's, there's a long-standing argument that um, you need to, to for the immune system, you've got this primed system, much like the central nervous system, right? It, it's got to sculpt itself to the environment. And we have the term synaptic plasticity as you're engaged in learning. And there's something to be said for sending kids out into the environment to deal with, you know, what what's endemic to the region. Put them out and you know let them get dirty out in the garden etc and and build build their natural biome and you know chemical intervention uh is fauci dot monster not working uh you can always um oh someone sent uh thank you paul uh you can have a uh what should we have it transcends it goes far beyond one man. This needs to be fought against. This cannot be taken lying down. And, uh, oh, where was I, where was I, where was I? Um, Fauci.monster's not working. Is it not working? Like the site's not working or you can't get the payment work? Dot monster. Does uh, seems like I spelled it wrong. Uh, PayPal link from. Okay, thank you. Uh, good enough. Come on, feed that blick. Otherwise, he'll go hungry. No Mackie D's for him. Oh, hello. Yeah. Oh, look, look what. Look. Look. Dog McCann. A pussy magnet. Oh, yeah. Uh, let's see. Uh, let's see. Non-specific effects were the main reason why my kids got no jabs. I wasn't too worried about the immediate adverse reactions. Um, yeah, and again, it's uh, different strokes for different folks. And um, yeah, Fauci dot monsters not working um the let's see you just go to mccandojo.com and hit the wtyl.live uh when did we get that uh i want to say a few weeks ago and um, we got two 
and uh, they're clawing everything in the house. But thankfully, thankfully, um, they've taken to the the litter, litter basket quickly. So uh, there's that. So yeah, they're kind of fun to have around. Um, we don't really have the space for a dag. No dags. Right. So that's why you need these long-term studies, and that's why I'm worried that we don't do that here in the United States. And we do have evidence of that, like there are clinical trials, randomized trial, and there's a difference between association and causation, right? Somebody can take a medication and get involved in a motor vehicle accident. It doesn't mean that, you know, that that is associated, but it was not caused by medication unless we get to the bottom of it. So many times we should continue to figure out ways to, you know, for the safety of vaccines, of course, and medical community is always looking for that. But at the same time, you know, like we can we, we can really come to agreement that vaccines are important. They do prevent those diseases. After all, you know, smallpox was in the world, all around the world. It's not there anymore. So yeah. there is evidence of that. But then there's diseases, you know, when we passed the Vaccine Act. When I was a kid, there was only three vaccines. and I was compliant. But when we passed the Vaccine Act, it made vaccines very, very valuable. And all of a sudden, there was a gold rush to add a lot of new vaccines to the schedule for diseases that aren't even casually contagious, like rotavirus, like hepatitis B. Why are we giving hepatitis B vaccine to a one-day-old child? Hepatitis B, you know, the, the major vectors for that are, are sexually transmitted or by needles. Why would you give that to a one-day-old child? It, it's, it's really a profit motive. Now, you're right. The correlation is not causation. But the Institute of Medicine has looked at the vaccine schedule and said in, in their 2011 report, there are over 150 injuries that are likely to be associated with vaccines that have never been studied. So it's the CDC's responsibility to do those studies. And they've been ordered again and again and again to do them, and they have refused. And that's wrong. We need an agency that is putting public health first and not pharmaceutical profits. You, you were talking about the, the, um, about the opioid crisis. The opioid crisis you know, started with the oxycodone. Now it's you know, fentanyl. But the, the, company, the same companies that got the FDA to lie to us. Now, you know, wouldn't it make sense just to go back to just giving people oxycodone? <laughs> you know, given the uh, relative risks and, uh, hey, that is working, man. Uh, let's see. What a boy. About the addiction, addictiveness, lie to every doctor in this country about the addictiveness of oxycodone and get a whole generation addicted. Those are the same companies that make these, you know, other products. And the pharmaceutical, the four companies that make vaccines in this country, Merck, Sanofi, Glaxo, and Pfizer have paid over $35 billion in criminal penalties over the past decade for lying to doctors, for falsifying science, for defrauding regulators. And we need, you know, we need to keep an eye on them. We can't just trust them. If they say it's a vaccine, you know, we, we all trust it. Uh, we need to have actual science on it. And I think well, that's all I say. I, I, don't want to, I don't want to get rid of vaccines. If you want to take a vaccine, you should be able to do it. But we need good science. And that's all I've asked for. But so... What, what do you say to people? I mean, it sounds like you're saying that every scientist, every government, uh, our government, governments around the world, doctors like Dr. Butts are, are all lying about vaccines. I've never said anything like that. They, you, the listen. AMA, the, the American Academy well, of Pediatrics, they all, and the FDA, 
says, and in fact, on its website, you can clearly see vaccines are, they go through three stages of FDA testing against double-blind placebos. They already well, do that I, testing I, for vaccines. I, I, Elizabeth, you, you, you can say that. I'm telling I'm you. I'm not saying that. The FDA, no, the is, FDA saying that. is not saying that. Yes, they do on their website. They have not, they will not tell you that vaccines, have, that there's any vaccine that has ever undergone a long-term placebo-controlled trial prior to licensure. They will not, because it's not true. And they've, you know, you can go to my website to see where HHS says, yeah, there are none. Well, I, we have um, competing websites say saying different things. Say you know, I'm not saying the AMA is lying or the doctors are lying. What I'm saying is the FDA does lie. And the FDA lied to us about Vioxx. They knew that the Vioxx was causing heart attacks, but they let they let doctors believe that it was a, a, a medicine that was uh, that was uh, um, good, beneficial for headaches and arthritis without telling them that they were going to kill me. And they ended up killing between 120,000 and 500,000. All these doctors and all no. these scientists around the world who say vaccines are safe and have saved millions and millions of the lives. Same, the same people said Vioxx was safe. The same people said opioids that that. Uh, that oxycodone was not addictive because FDA said it and they believe them. And that's the problem. We have a corrupt federal agency that's lying to the AMA, to, you know, to all those agencies it's and the all the doctors, and they believe them. Me. But those agencies are controlled by pharma. That is the problem. And that's what I'm trying to end as president. You know that your own family doesn't support, many members of your own family don't support your position on vaccines. Your brother, your sister, and your niece have all written an editorial saying on vaccines, Bobby is wrong. His work on vaccines is having heartbreaking consequences. What's your response? Your own family thinks you're wrong on this. Does your family agree with everything that you said? Definitely yeah. not. <laughs> you got me on that one. Thank you for watching. Go to NewsNationNow.com to find NewsNation on your television provider. And don't forget to click the red subscribe button below to get more of NewsNation's fact-driven, unbiased That's coverage. That stinks. <laughs> Some scripted bullshit. Maybe, maybe. But um, that's, that's the first that I've seen him in this sort of town hall-type... Uh, engagement and so we'll we'll move on from there and uh i'll save lab leak stuff for uh shogun rikasu and a uh, new paper or review out neuropsychological deficits in patients with persistent covid19 symptoms a systematic review and meta-analysis nothing new here uh, i'll just give the link and um again the the, the premise that we're um we're just It would be naive to ignore long-term effects, and I think the brain, the, the long COVID state is a state that would be uh, coveted by weapons makers, and uh, I think that's what we've seen come into play. Uh, let's see, Danger Mouse says, if I was in America, I would vote for him. Yeah. Uh, well, I wouldn't vote for Biden. And again, I'm not I'm not American, right? I'm sitting outside looking in as a very interested uh, bystander in this. But, you know, there are there are studies that need to be done. He's not wrong in in that respect. And the. Um, the. Uh, oh, let me just see if there's uh, donors have gone through regulation that occurs from sustained high inflammatory states often known as AA amyloidosis multi-organ involvement including hepatic gastrointestinal renal cardiac and immunological pathological manifestations has been observed amongst individuals presenting with amyloidosis 
The recent global pandemic of SARS has been shown to be associated with multiple health complications, many of which are similar to those seen in amyloidosis. Though COVID-19 is recognized primarily as a respiratory disease, it has since been found to have a range of extrapulmonary manifestations, many of which are observed in patients with amyloidosis. These include features of oxidative stress, chronic inflammation, and thrombotic risks. It's well known that viral illnesses have been associated with the triggering of autoimmune conditions, of which amyloidosis is no different. Over the recent months, reports of new onset and relapsed disease following COVID-19 infection and vaccination have been published. Despite this, the exact pathophysiological associations of COVID-19 and amyloidosis remain unclear. We present a scoping review based on our systematic search of available evidence relating to amyloidosis, COVID-19 infection and COVID-19 vaccination, evaluating current perspectives and providing insights into knowledge gaps that still need to be addressed going forward. And, um, you know, maybe maybe we'll come back to this article after we've read um, this paper, which is uh, Body First Parkinson's Disease and Variant Kreutfeldt-Jakob Disease similar or different now th- th- it's a big question in the neurosciences does how how are these misfolded proteins getting into the brain and if if we're talking about protein misfolding what differentiates you know the the really scary uh kreutzfeldt yakov disease versus uh you know something that's a, a end-of-life type disorder like parkinson's disease now there's arguments that um, the Parkinson's disease state can um, persist for many, many years, and that that's true. Um, and so I want to I want to read this paper as it's uh, as it's a review paper and and making this direct comparison, one that I've uh, spent a lot of time talking about. Um, I think I think it will be uh, edifying for people and the. Uh, the date on this article is very, very recent in scientific terms. Um, it's over a, a year old, so hopefully it's full of up-to-date information that we can uh, we can follow. And it's part of a um, collection uh, of few articles uh, about uh, the BRAC hypothesis of the pathogenesis of Parkinson's disease uh, in the like, neurobiology of diseases. Um, it's no slouch in the journal uh, metrics. And the... Um, and I've, I've spoken about BRAC staging before, that there seems to be this, you know, from posterior to anterior buildup of these um, Lewy body type deposits as we see disease progression. Um, and again, with the caveat, sometimes they're not always there, and people who seem to have a lot of it seem to do just fine. But in the majority of cases, we do see um, a, a overlap between the emergence and the... Um, or the emergence of the, the plaques and the state of disease itself. Uh, let's see. Starfair knee says try vaccinating teenager against Hep B three times. Most likely, only twenty percent would get the shot, or even less of them. Treatment of Hep B is not nice either. It involves mostly lifelong oral treatments with tenofovir and entisivir. 
yeah um i'm i would be remiss in my scientific duty to say and i think rfk said it that we can see that you can some vaccines do the what's written on the side of the box the question is what's the what's the cumulative damage and you know something like chickenpox and you know the herpes zoster virus is one that was in my discipline one of the primary suspects for this um this staging phenomenon that we're talking about here this BRAC staging and BRAC is just the name of uh a couple of, yeah it's a couple husband and wife who who described it first and you know what which which is better um if shingles has a far worse outcome than kids being exposed to um chickenpox look i had chickenpox when i was in my teenage years it was a very very unpleasant experience i can uh, <laughs> and you know could, could i would i have preferred to have that when i didn't really have memory of it etc maybe um if if I'd been given the choice of like a vaccine or the or the illness itself, I don't know. I mean, I would be I would be mightily miffed if uh, <laughs> I would be suffering from shingles uh, all the time. Um, let's see. Let's see, many people are fine after getting natural herpes B infection. They end up with antibodies. Yeah. And you know, many people are fine with uh, getting chickenpox, getting measles, and what have you. Um, so they're just, you know, they're when all you've got is a hammer, everything looks like a nail, right? And there's this premise that you're going to go round and be able to tweak the immune system. You know, there's a sort of consensus that they've got it figured out, and they know they know what to do. And in some instances, I would I would say that's a that's a fair assumption to make. In others, not. And you know the it it really comes down to the individual choice because the the disease itself could leave you with um, long long term symptoms, like measles, encephalitis, associated encephalitis. I had a chickenpox as a teen. It was awful. My kids had it at two and four years old. It was a breeze for them. Not sick. Only itchy one night. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, let's see. Avka Jr. was saying chickenpox factor patient. Yes. Yes. He was saying that. Um, all right. So let's uh, let's get into this. But there's, there's many, many um, articles that we could go through this um, special edition um, that are germane to the topic conversation right now particularly after such intense mass exposure to let's call them infective amyloids all right so it's going to be a review so i don't think there'll be much in the way of figures to be looking at uh let me just check if that uh tax evading blick has managed to earn any more shekels uh feed feed the blick Keep the plantation going. 
All right, uh, nothing. Just uh, just Kang D and uh, and Poe stepping up. Poe, Poe, Simon. <laughs> All right. Uh, let's see. So we'll read that abstract to give us an overview of what it is that they're thinking. In several neurodegenerative disorders, proteins that typically exhibit an alpha helical structure misfold into an amyloid conformation rich in beta sheet content. Through a self-templating mechanism, these amyloids are able to induce additional protein misfolding, facilitating their propagation through the central nervous system. This disease mechanism was originally identified for the prion protein, which misfolds into PRPSC, SC meaning for scrapey, in a number of disorders, including variant Creutzfeldt-Jakob disease and bovine spongiform encephalopathy. More recently, the prion mechanism of disease was expanded to include other proteins that rely on this self-templating mechanism to cause progressive degeneration, including alpha-synuclein misfolding in Parkinson's disease. Several studies now suggest that PD patients can be subcategorized based on where in the body misfolded alpha-synuclein originates, either the brain or the gut, similar to patients developing CJD or variant CJD, new variant CJD, I think that's right. In this review, we discuss the human and animal model data indicating that alpha-synuclein and PRPSC misfolding originates in the gut in body-first PD and variant CJD and summarize the data identifying the role of the autonomic nervous system in the gut-brain axis of both diseases. A growing body of research in the neurodegenerative disease field points to the contribution of protein misfolding and aggregation as the underlying cause of the progressive degeneration observed in patients. In these proteinopathies, an intrinsically disordered protein misfolds to adopt an amyloid conformation that is rich in beta sheet content. As a result of this misfolding, the amino acid side chains project outward, enabling the formation of hydrogen bonds between the carbon backbone of individual amino acids present in the templating region of the protein. These hydrogen bonds contribute to the high stability of amyloid fibrils that are resistant to denaturation by enzymes and harsh chemicals. Moreover, the large number of intermolecular bonds facilitate the self-templating process, resulting in additional protein misfolding. This mechanism is known as the prion mechanism of disease. It was first described for the conformational shift observed from the cellular prion protein into the disease-causing scrapie conformation, which is responsible for a variety of fatal neurodegenerative disorders, including Creutzfeldt-Jakob disease in humans, bovine spongiform encephalopathy in cattle, chronic wasting disease in cervids, and scrapie in sheep and goats. As a disease mechanism, the prion hypothesis was initially criticized because it was unclear how an individual protein could give rise to a variety of neurodegenerative disorders in the absence of a nucleic acid. So try to sort of cast your mind back to well, when Prusner first um, brought the, uh, the prion hypothesis to the table, that it was difficult for people to comprehend that there was something below a virus that could be infective. It, it was just assumed that your proteases would chew up anything that you would be exposed to via the gut, for example, 
and it would just be broken down into constituent amino acids and those amino acids um then get used by the body etc etc it's fun you know it's why we fed cows the rendered carcasses of their brethren and brothers and sisters i can feel myself having an allergic reaction to cats um i do like them but uh, i'm somewhat i'm somewhat allergic um so if you see me tearing up it's and sneezing it's uh it's cat's fault too much pussy in the doc's life right uh where was i uh, uh i was talking about uh, infective proteins etc uh however the strain hypothesis emerged stating that the shape uh yeah strain uh stating that the shape or confirmation that the misfolded prpsc adopts determines the disease an individual will develop these differences in confirmation result in varied biochemical properties for each prpsc strain which manifest as varied disease kinetics fibril stability neuropathological lesions and disease presentation since its initial proposal in 1982, the prion disease mechanism has subsequently been observed in several additional proteins, including alpha-synuclein, tau, beta-amyloid, TDP43, SOD1. Moreover, distinct strains of these amyloidogenic proteins also give rise to a variety of diseases. For example, alpha-synuclein misfolding into different conformations is responsible for both Parkinson's disease and multi-system atrophy. And, you know, this is something that I always wrestled with trying to tease apart the model systems that I was working on, where, you know, we had a... a again, it was it, these were hypotheses that have been built on decades and decades of clinical observation and then you know we get down to the sort of neurotransmitter hypothesis and then you get to the dopamine uh, lesion hypothesis around parkinson's disease and and yeah if you take away the dopamine chemically in uh, in animals and you can use an antagonist or you can use a um neurotoxic specific neurotoxin mptp you can you can induce this parkinsonian state now the issue is is that parkinson's disease for example is an end of life disease you give a young monkey mptp you can destroy the majority of their dopaminergic system the the part for the limbic system seems to be somewhat more um protected with respect to um the neurotoxic properties of mptp and they think that may be due to uh oh what's the enzyme called calcium binding cow binding it's just cow binding all right so and yeah but and i had a sort of primate model right the only one that we really know of that became spontaneously Parkinson's with discrete pathophysiology, early onset, early onset Parkinson's. And it took, took a lot of investigation and, I mean, invasive investigation to determine what the differences were between the Parkinsonian state versus this multi-system atrophy state 
and the multi-system atrophy state, when you get diagnosed with that, it's five years is what you'll get. You're dead within five years of a diagnosis of multi-system atrophy. You can, and the way that they test this clinically is you go to the doctor, you, uh, you complain of being stiff and sore and slow in your movement, your tremor is getting noticeable, and the doctor will give you a course of uh, L-DOPA. And you'll go back to the doctor in two weeks and you'll say either one of two things. You'll say, that's helped me enormously, or it had no impact. If it had no impact, you get shoved into the MSA diagnostic criteria. And that's, that's your lot. And there's very, very little that we can do. If you're responsive to L-DOPA, then there's interventions that we can make. It's a much longer drawn out course of disease. Now, my contention would be that they want to take that state, put it into fighting age individuals, and now it can be fighting age trannies, apparently. <laughs> and you sap their will to fight. Uh, let's see. Adding to the complexity of the d these diseases, the clinical manifestation is impacted by where the body misfolding process initially occurs, which is what I was just saying. Recent findings suggest that PD patients can be subcategorized into either brain-first or body-first PD, which is thought to be determined by where alpha-synuclein misfolding originates. In this review, within 40 amino acids encoded by the SNCA gene is a major component of these neuronal inclusions. Following this foundational discovery, analysis of postmortem tissue from PD patients by Heiko Brack and colleagues aimed to identify the patterns of alpha-synuclein deposition in the brain. These studies resulted in the dual-hit hypothesis, arguing that alpha-synuclein pathology spreads from the nerve terminals of the enteric nervous system, which is basically your gut nervous system, into the dorsal motor nucleus of the vagal nerve. At the same time, pathology develops in the olfactory bulb. Now, where do we keep hearing these same anatomical pathways keep coming up? Well, we hear it with COVID. And both the DMV and the olfactory bulb then serve as entry points into the central nervous system. From these two brain regions, pathology spreads first to the locus ceruleus and substantia nigra, and then progresses to higher order cortical regions. The idea that body first PD originates in the gut is consistent with the observation that patients frequently experience constipation and delayed gastric emptying as early non-motor symptoms. Yeah, you know. <laughs> Taking you a few hours to squeeze out one of those little round pebbles, uh, you're well on your way. <laughs> uh, moreover, uh, epidemiological analysis of data from patients treated with vagotomy to prevent peptic ulcers and the patients receiving a complete truncal vagotomy showed a reduced risk of developing PD if the vagotomy was performed more than five years before disease onset. In contrast, patients who received a super-selective vagotomy targeting nerves to the fundus and body of the stomach only had a similar risk of disease as the general public. While there is substantial data supporting the hypothesis that PD originates in the enteric nervous system, there is also a subpopulation of PD patients who do not develop Lewy bodies in the DMV, suggesting that these patients may instead develop brain-first PD. 
In 2008, a review of alpha-synuclein immunostaining in 720 autopsy samples by Parakin et al. found that 17% of the 226 synucleopathy patients in the cohort lacked Lewy body neuropathology uh, in the DMV. These, patient, these findings are consistent with reports of limbic and amygdala-predominant Lewy bodies in PD patients with little to no involvement of the DMV or the rest of the pons and medulla. In contrast to patients with body-first PD where the vagus and autonomic nuclei in the brainstem are heavily impacted, it is hypothesized that brain-first PD patients experience fewer symptoms resulting from autonomic dysfunction. Yeah, you know, which, which would I prefer to... I don't know, man. Both are, both are rough. <laughs> I just, I just want a uh, in my sleep, just a massive, catastrophic stroke. You know, just don't wake up from. Problem is, you're likely to get these neurodegenerative states first. So, <laughs> so look, end of life sucks. What can I say? Uh, where were we? Uh, for example, some groups have found that a subset of early-stage PD patients lack the de-innovation of cardiac sympathetic neurons typically observed in the body-first PD using uh, methyodobenzylguanidine uh, scintigraphy. Uh, more recently, a cohort of 37 PD patients subdivided based on brain-first or body-first clinical presentation were evaluated by MIBG scintigraphy and 18F dihydroxyphenylalanine positron emission tomography imaging to evaluate dopamine in the pudumen. While both cohorts showed a similar loss of F-dopa pet in the pudumen compared to control patients, the body-first PD patients showed greater loss of sympathetic cardiac innovation and an increase in colon transit time and colon volume. As the concept that PD is a disorder with at least two origins in the human body has gained support, it is becoming increasingly clear that a clinical tool for differentiating between these two patient groups is needed. In body-first PD, spreading of alpha-synuclein prions, again, they're using, they're using the language that... I've been using with you guys for three years now, okay? And it's why I get into these tangles on the internet and why these people realize that they, they don't have a leg to stand on when arguing with me when I call each one of these protein misfolding disorders prions, or prionopathy. The question is, which, which prions are more dangerous? And that will come down again a bit like viruses and a bit like bacterial infection depend on the individual and the infective dose and environmental factors in body first PD yeah, prions or self-templating self alpha-synuclein aggregates sometimes referred to as prion-like alpha-synuclein into the pons before the substantia nigra results in premotor appearance of REM sleep behavior disorder. So, uh, you know, when uh, granny gets up and starts uh, sleepwalking and, uh, you know, getting up to uh, inappropriate behaviors, uh, it's probably a good indicator that uh, she's well on the way to Parkinson's. 
Conversely, brain-first PD patients who develop alpha-synuclein pathology in the substantia nigra prior to any brainstem involvement develop motor symptoms prior to the possible onset of REM sleep behavior disorder. Similarly, skin biopsies from a subset of isolated RBD patients were found to contain phosphorylated alpha-synuclein, whereas biopsies from almost all PD patients were immunopositive, underscoring the peripheral origins of alpha-synuclein pathology in body-first PD patients. While longitudinal studies are needed, the combination of RBD onset and skin biopsies may offer a way to predict which RBD patients are likely to phenoconvert to PD. Notably, when the presence of RBD was used to stratify diagnosed PD patients into two subtypes, RBD-positive patients appear to present with more malignant phenotype and faster disease progression and have an increased burden of alpha-synuclein neuropathology or autopsy compared to RBD-negative patients. Thankfully, I haven't, um, as far as I know, engaged in any of these uh, REM sleep behavior disorders. I just, um, I, I don't get to sleep. Um, but that's uh, that's not entirely true. I just sleep at odd times. <laughs> just archetypal, uh, and uh, you don't get that eight hours of you know restful sleep where you wake up and uh, feel like a new man. All right, uh, let's see where. Uh, the initial findings that alpha-synuclein pathology is more widespread and severe in both the CNS and peripheral nervous system of RBD-positive PD patients support the idea that PD patients should be categorized into brain-first and body-first subtypes. Moreover, these findings also need suggest a need to differentiate between experimental data based on which PD subtype the model is replicating. So that's uh, Parkinson's disease uh, dealt with. We'll delve into Creutzfeldt-Jakob disease. Creutzfeldt-Jakob disease, a disease with multiple origins. PRPC is a cellular glycoprotein with disordered N-terminus and a globular C-terminus with free alpha helices and very little beta sheet structure. Interesting. Oh, right, that's the normal. <laughs> I was going to say, that's, I thought the whole premise was built on uh, uh, beta sheet structure. <laughs> Pay attention. You know what, uh, that, that means uh, Kev... Kev has to take a break. Uh, just, I'll be back in two minutes. Sir.
Have you can't sleep because of all that blue light. Also, I'd be interested in how light exposure would help these people and pathologies. I don't have any blue light exposure. Um, I have uh, I I have one of those filters on the screen, etc. It's on it's on the lowest setting when I go to bed. And um, the reason I don't sleep from when I cracked my noggin, uh, that's when things started to really um, get out of line with my sleep so let's see uh, don't you wonder what wefa owned big pharma might be subjecting we the people to in their jabs like something that promoted shingles and maybe something that makes cancer more aggressive yeah yeah i mean eight says i personally know one who cleared Get B infection and another who didn't. Yep, that's again. Oh, sorry. Back on the screen. Uh, Betcha Pharma has already found some chaperone complement molecule they can inject to prevent wefers from contracting prion-like disease they want the rest of us to get. Um, maybe. Um, I'm just from my experience. Look, there's an arc to life, right? And look, maybe they can squeeze out a few extra years, but you know what? The we at three score and ten, and you know some. You know, again, if your economic situation is one of stability and uh. Um, comfort, I guess, for want of a better expression, uh, stress is minimal, then, yeah, you might have a long, long, happy uh, retirement. Um, and the... Well, can you do much in this once these disease states have kicked off my from well, and again you know I've, what would be a geriatric population there's not much you can do if someone is younger like the mptp monkeys oh hang on hello Oh. Sorry, I can't hear you. Can you call back again? Hello? Hello? Hi, I'm from the United States. Hello? 
Hello. Hello. Good afternoon. Can you hear me now? Yes, I can. Yeah. Uh, sorry. This is Patricia from Katabira. Um, uh, is this Rio's father? Yes. Rio McCain. Um, the the school wants to you to pick up Rio because there are warning announcements because of the thunder. So, can you pick him up around this time? Is that okay? Yes. Uh. That's that's fine. Um, All right. I'll, uh, I'll, I'll be there in a few minutes. Okay, thank you so much. Hey, thank you. See you. Bye. Uh, bye. All right. Um, I guess I guess I'm gonna have to come back to this article. It it, it is fascinating. Um, uh, but uh, that's the school calling, and um, gotta go pick boy up. Uh, we've got severe weather at the moment so uh prince uh for you sir sending another dono thank you thank you thank you and i'll resume this uh, stream it looks a very long comprehensive review so we'll we'll get back into this uh thank you very much uh both matthew and uh paul what can we have uh fight the world <laughs> And Arab chats. We need more of them. All right. Um, yeah, I've got to. I've got to go pick up the kids. So uh, have a pleasant uh, rest of the day wherever you are, and uh, we'll we'll get back into this. It's like I say, it's very um, long. It's not a emergency. But it's just. Uh, it's just they want to get ahead of the weather. Um, it can get a bit squirrely. Uh, at the moment in rainy season and um can you give a link to the paper oh no 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 that would be uh giving away the secrets of course i can um here's the uh, paper let me just uh paste it here Bink. and uh yes i think uh i think that's it sorry um i was i was enjoying that paper um just, it is what it is, folks. Uh, and again, uh, if you're watching this, please, please, please uh, feed that tax evading bleak cyber phoenix. It's his payday today. And I am out of here. Take care.